Do we even get this anymore? Is this real? I think we started getting it, so we might have to change mm. things. I do get it. I don't get it. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to I Don't Get It. A podcast about contemporary dance in Edmonton. I'm Fonda. And I am Paul. And it's been a while. Yeah. We sort of just petered off at the end of last season. Yes, we're, we're, we're heading off season three today, um, which feels great. We made it. We yeah. made it to a third, a third spin around the sun. But we also took a nice long break over the summer. Mm-hmm. So. What, did, what did you do in your <laughs> summer break, Fonda? Well, you know, just went on a road trip, went down to Seattle, didn't really see any dance or anything. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> how about you? Uh, I, I saw a bunch of fringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw a couple dance things um, for Body and Light came back with Bear Dreams. That was great. Uh, Toy Guns did a new show. That was cool. Um, and that was, I think, all the dance I saw at this year's Fringe. Um, but now now we're into the season. It begins anew. Right. And actually, sort of, kind of, during the actual Fringe, we did see a movement-based oh, show. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, we, uh, Yeah, I guess that's we can start talking about that. We saw a show called uh, The Body in Questions. Um, and the way that's written is questions, it's plural, but the S is in brackets, and there's also a squared sign behind it. Um, that was sort of, uh, how would you describe it in the basis terms, what we saw? Uh, well, I think that there could be a few ways to describe sure. it. But um, I'd say it was somewhere between uh, a performance art piece um, and also like a visual art installation with bodies. So it was set up in multiple rooms right. in the, um, the faculty univer- of extension yeah. building downtown at the University of Alberta. So, so what? So it was sort of an art gallery setting. These big sort mm-hmm. of empty white rooms connected. Yeah, and each of the you were allowed to wander between each of the rooms. Mm-hmm. Each of the rooms had a very different visual thing going right. on. Right. There was, I think, in all of them had some sort of looping video at some point or another of just sort of a body moving or sort of a three D imagining of a a skeleton rotating. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of really great texture in the piece. I mm-hmm. found there were those kind of crazy, weird metal pokey pieces. Sure. Yeah. They all look like weird farm equipment or something. Right. So, so I would say if, if we were to look at like uh, the, the broadest possible version of this, it mm-hmm. was that um, there were sort of six, maybe dancers. Um, they were, and they would walk in patterns around these rooms in sort of a loop. And within these rooms, there were a bunch of different things they could interact with, whether they were objects, these sort of pointy long mm-hmm. um, spires or spears. Um, and among that, there were also visual projections and a couple essays on sort of um, God and humanity and thing and science yeah. uh, sort of highlighted on the walls. Yeah, and sort of just like other other um, furniture almost that was sort of large sculptures. There was one there were a lot of glass tiles yeah, that they kept yeah. kind of moving back mm-hmm. and forth that were placed around some, uh, you know, clear plastic cubes that people were sitting on mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But the sort of the most interesting sculpture or piece that I thought was in in the show was um, there was so suspended 
in multiple strings, mm-hmm. there was the body that was um, sliced into oh, fragments yes, of glass. Yes. And when you looked through, like, say you were standing at the head of the body, the body was laying flat, but it was floating in air, sort of chest level. Right. So there was sort of like, I would say there's three levels to this. On the ground, there was room for one of the performers to lie underneath this body-shaped thing. Mm-hmm. And then probably up to anyone's standing torso, mm-hmm. uh, there was... Uh, a, a, a humanoid shape, that mm-hmm. same shape, but made out of feathers. And then above that, there was one that was sort of made out of these glass shingles. So it was sort of like when the times when a performer would lie under it, there were the, there was this sort of triple level of, of a body shape. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the feathers and the glass ones would sort of sway, and obviously the person would move, and it was just a really beautiful... Yeah, because it was all suspended in string, mm-hmm. you didn't really know that it moved until a dancer would get underneath it and sort of gently even blow on the feathers, and it would rock this whole... Thing just ever so slightly. It was really right. beautiful. So what would you say some of the ideas this piece we're looking at uh, were, Fonda? Or were there any sort of uh, ideas that stood out or, or themes or patterns? Um, I I found that the, I felt like there was a lot to do with breath and like the actual, um, the aliveness of the body having to do with breath. So sure. there was that kind of like um, intake and release uh, in the movement, you felt a lot about that. There was a lot of kind of like chest movements and gestures towards the neck and things yeah, like that. There was a lot of gesture, I found. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, uh, of the six dancers. All of them were sort of like in skin-colored unitards, but also dirty. They were sort of covered in this like silty... It was like a clay kind of almost. Yeah, yeah. which mm-hmm. gave it, yeah, a really interesting aesthetic and texture to the whole show. But they they all seemed to have sort of a different move which mm-hmm. was almost like their uh, gesture one was sort of like almost like the hand starting at the mouth and tracing the esophagus was sort of what i i saw and yeah. then others were a little more neutral others were at different parts of the body or would be a more of a pose yeah they kind of had different um uh prescriptive movements to each mm-hmm. individual but at the same time i found that the interaction between individuals was really clinical up until the very end right, right. so do you remember the end what did you think of what the did end i think of the end um it was interesting because we were all sort of scattered about so i missed the very end which was when everyone sort of got up and left they sort of completed their patterns and and left the the space um but what i guess what i found it it started to build towards and maybe what the the circuits and the patterns ultimately were were sort of um setting up this sense of ritual like there were all these sort of like long metal poles and items to interact with and they eventually started to move them into one or two sort of unified areas it just felt like i guess the patterns were drying tighter and and uh, the these sort of human uh human people uh, and figures were were um, seemed like they were getting ready to perform a ritual. That's what it seemed to be. Or the ritual was the movement of these sort of sacred objects from one room to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what kind of happened right at the very end, too, was that these all of these, um, you know, the, the bodies were so rigid and kind of, you know, um, cold almost sure, to okay. each other. Um, and they're laying all these, uh, you know, tools out in a, in a row, sort of. And then... Two of the dancers sort of like curl up beside them. And for the first time, that's when they really start looking human. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. because usually when when the patterns of the dancers would would sort of intersect, when two people would be walking on the same straight line, they would sort of stop maybe a foot a, uh, apart from each other and do their, their respective gestures. And then mm-hmm. they would both 
turn sort of on a 90 degree angle and walk off in a different direction. Yeah, they would square off and yeah. like and separate and there was no touching really or any, anything like that. Right. And mm -hmm. and so so what did you think of some of the essays then? Some of the thoughts that were included which seemed to be about uh, God and the nature of, of, of humanity and, and, and some of those things. Um, one of the essays that was about um, God and yeah, actually I really enjoyed the very first essay mm -hmm. that I came across. Um, and I think it was in the first room with all the glass pieces. Right. Um, or whatever it was. Clear plastic. Sure. Clear <laughs> um, plastic. But, uh, yeah, the the essay was just about how human nature sort of creates God. Um, and there was a, the, the argument that the essay was making or, or arguing with As itself. we remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't sure. <laughs> These were very academic essays. Let's yeah, just put yeah, that up yeah. there for, to start. But, um, yeah, I just like the idea that um, to think about why you know, pretty much every culture in the world has created a god or something like that to try and fi figure out why they exist or give themselves, you know, more like stories to tell. And, sure, yeah. And things. And so I, you know, I'm, I've, I've always liked studying that sort of thing right. um, and the, the cultural history around sure. religion. So I thought that that was a really great um Great essay. And Although I would have liked to be able to sit with it for longer because it sure. was a very dense piece of text. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like I was missing things um, that were going on behind me while I was trying to read sure. it. Sure. And I think that that's an interesting point as well, that I think it was a very dense show. There was a lot to take in in multiple rooms. And, you know, for a while I tried to just follow the pattern of a dancer or two to try and... Uh, understand the pattern but there was there were essays there were there were things happening in every room there were animations there was a video projection looping that was sort of about um uh intimate spaces on the body you know and there were there were headphones that would you could put on and and the soundtrack was really just breathing like very intimate breathing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um as it showed sort of intimate parts of the body um uh, so yeah, so there were there was a lot going on, and I think even though uh, you could wander in whatever order or sequence you wanted and sort of view it from whatever direction you wanted, there was just so much uh, to take in that was really interesting to try and digest all of that. Mm -hmm. So taking into account everything that was going on, all the different aspects and elements, mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about classifying this as a dance show? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, I because it's sort of it's one of these shows that that falls in the great Venn diagram overlap of of contemporary dance and performance art and there were certainly elements of both um, there were certainly these these objects um, and and visuals and and things that were were not interactive but were just present. Um, and then there was also this human element. There was this human component for it. So I don't know. I don't know where do you draw the difference between contemporary uh, dance, especially when it becomes a little less about being in a theater um, and it's more of a, a, a site-specific or open in a space, and performance art. Like, I'm not sure necessarily where the difference between those two starts to lie. Is it in... The gesture? Is it in the body? Is it in how human the element is? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but I think I would, like, I know that the the performers in this piece are pro professional dancers. Mm -hmm. um, and to an extent, you can tell that they have an awareness and understanding of the body and how it conveys emotion, sure. how it conveys ideas. Um, so, and I appreciated that about all right. of the performers, actually. And especially in this piece, I found there was a, a diversity in performers, um, particularly in age. 
Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There was a there was a scatter. There's everyone from Brian Webb, um, and uh, there was probably six dancers. Uh, a lot of them were from Montreal, but there was everyone from um, uh, a woman who definitely looked like a young Parker, Parker Posey, Posey. <laughs> um, uh, who was probably in her twenties to to people mm-hmm. who were sort of in their probably sixties or or fifties, mm-hmm. um, all as part of this. Yeah, so there was. Um, there was a lot of um, uh, disparity, I guess, in the the age range of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with that too, um, when you do have performers who are older, um, the dance the dance isn't always so like virtuosic and very and energetic, mm-hmm. but very you know um, deliberate and meaningful. And I think that there we. Um, as as a dance audience or even as you know critics as we sure. purport ourselves to be sometimes sure <laughs> um maybe we have to think about like what does dance look like on different bodies and does it have to always be like something that came out of you know a studio and things right. like that and i think i'm open to interpreting it as sure dance. and context i think is a really interesting uh thing to consider as well when we're, we're thinking about we're seeing contemporary dance we're seeing these da- these movers move and do patterns and repetitions and interact with their environment but the environment is so dense you know that there's there's essays on the walls very academic essays there's mm-hmm. all these objects there's sort of looped videos so you can either pay attention to the movement or not mm-hmm. um, it's really up to you and in that way i think i hope that it draws a broader audience someone who would be interested in the academic context but also the visual installations that are there sure kind of yeah because yeah. the visual installations were done by different artists yeah yeah as yeah. well so mm-hmm. um yeah and also i think frankly um because this came to us as a collaboration co-presented by brian webb dance company yeah we're like oh yeah it's a dance show yeah oh for sure yeah <laughs> absolutely the context in which even before the show starts is presented is is part of that yeah you know um and it was interesting that there wasn't necessarily one start time it was sort of like there were three uh there was sort of in half an hour installments the audience could enter and wander this this exhibit performance um piece um but it for the dancers for the performers for for everything going on it was just on a three-hour set yeah basically. i believe they started at seven and they ended at nine or sure, something yeah like yeah that. whatever yeah. whatever it worked yeah. out to but anyway, I, th- I, it, I thought it was a good experience. I would have wanted to go back and try it one more time, even at the beginning, to see how it was a little bit different. Yeah, how the mm-hmm. routines altered and how they built and, and sort of what was interacted with and, and, and the messes that got made with yeah. the sort of that sort of <laughs> silty dust, which slowly started to get everywhere. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then, yeah, um, one more thing, I guess there was a really interesting sense of time um, in the sense of some of the projections were that... Um, were uh, dancers in other rooms from presumably earlier in the night. So mm-hmm. you would see someone interacting with something, an object, an item, and then like, you could wander to that room and see that object or item, even though, you know, it was sort of a ghost. That yeah, we were and they're not there. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that um, was interesting. It did, yeah, it did kind of Sort of, of like even gave a sense of like not only spatial density, but time density, like all of these things condensing. Going through time warps and dimensions yeah, and man. all these things. And then there was the essay about God. Yeah, <laughs> buckle up. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we I, I enjoyed that show. It was, sure, yeah. I thought it was it great. It was from Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and uh, I hope to see uh, more. Yeah. So um, before we get into the season preview, mm-hmm. uh, there was just one kind, one thing, news item sort of that happened in the last couple of weeks that sure. I wanted to bring up on the cast because I would like to hear what some of the dancers, either in Edmonton or anyone who's listening to the podcast anywhere, thought about it. Okay. Um, a couple of weeks back, the Canada Council released their 
um, survey of dance in Canada. Okay. Um, which was called Yes, I Dance. Yes, I Dance. Now, <laughs> I just think the title is a little bit funny. Sorry. Sure. Um, but what it was was this massive survey of um, dancers in Canada. Um, basically, it could have been anyone over the age of 16 who dances. Could be professional dancers, could be with a school or a studio. Sure. Anyone. Um, and they just surveyed people to find out what kind of dance they do, why they do it, um, where they're living, demographics, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, they did a good, I, I feel like the survey did a good job of parsing out the professional dancers from the leisure dancers okay. because a huge majority that filled out the survey were what you would consider leisure dancers. People who aren't doing it for a career, who people who aren't yeah. doing it uh, as, as, yeah, that People who are doing it for enjoyment or physical fitness or they're not of professional um, status yet. Great. Okay. Um, so the survey found a few interesting things. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the survey itself because I think that people, if you're really interested you should definitely go to Canada Council and read the Yes I Dance study. Google Canada Council Yes I Dance. We will put it up on our social media and website and things like that so that you can find it. I did want to point towards a few of mm -hmm. the interesting findings in the survey in that um, one of the one of the sort of more disappointing things was the actual uh, earnings that professional dancers do make. Okay. Um, capped out somewhere. The average was around $12,000 a year. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, of course, we know that there are dancers who do very well, who do more than that. But, right. I mean, as an average, that's kind of... That's, uh, yeah. That is mm -hmm. well below poverty line. <laughs> there was another statistic in the survey about um, the... Uh, sort of large amount of volunteer or unpaid time that uh, dancers and uh, choreographers will spend um, mm. on their on doing their job, basically. Right. Uh, so that unpaid time, essentially, and one of the, the other thing too, even in a field that is so, you know, dominated by by you know like female uh, numbers, like sure. there's a, there's yeah. a huge disproportionate amount of women who do dance. Um, there is still a wage gap. There is still a wage gap between male and female choreographers in Canada. And like Adam. a noticeable, noticeable difference between noticeable. men getting paid more than women. Especially in choreographers. Um, one, of the, one of the only uh, places where women did dominate were as dance teachers. They oh, earned okay. more than... Than their male counterparts. Great, but um, anyway, well, not great. But... <laughs> great. <laughs> no, just a... we got one. We got one. You got <laughs> one thing. Okay. Um... Um, the other thing uh, that uh, that the survey allowed them to do was create this wheel of all this the wheel. this <laughs> this wheel a dance it's, wheel. It's a dance wheel. Okay. Um, it's a wheel of all the different kinds of dance. Um, and okay. <laughs> I think that. Like like visually a wheel, not a thing you yes. actually spin yes. so and be it, like, and now you're a modern dancer. It's an online, it's an online thing. We will link to it, of course, so you can go see it. It basically tells you all the different kinds of dance. I think there's like 120 different kinds in sure. there. Um, and you can click on each kind. It will give you a small bit of history. And then you can watch videos that demonstrate what this kind of dance is. Sure. So like. if I wanted to find out what ballet was versus mm -hmm. modern dance versus tap. Um, if I didn't know, yeah, um, that's I could I could see this on this fun wheel. Yeah, yeah, a, f 
a wheel. So, you know, you can actually go and see the difference between popping and locking, for example. Sure. <laughs> at last, at last, the age-old question can yeah. be settled. Um, so, so, so what do you think the, the purpose of that is? What do you think the, the hope behind presenting um, this data, collecting this data, first of all, and then presenting it in, in different ways uh, is? Well, one of the things that I... I noticed about it was that it probably t it took quite a bit of money and time to put this okay. together. Um, probably I, more than they're actually paying dancers. Yeah, apparently. I mean, considering that it was from the Canada Council, you, you know, um, right. I kind of hope that it would have been weighted more towards the professional dancers and also audiences. There was no actual addressing of audience at all Which in this survey. Um, there troubling. was there was there was a couple of there was a question about. Um, the participants were asked how many times they went to dance in a year. Okay. Um, professional dancers, of course, responded at a higher rate. They went to see th about between th 12 and 13 pieces of dance sure, a year. Sure. Whereas leisure dancers maybe only went between five and seven performances a year. Right. And then and then the big question mark of people who aren't uh, dancers in their own right, but like what is the, the audience who just goes to see dance? How do they factor in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like who doesn't actually say that they are a dancer who still goes and gets a ticket and, and does this? Um, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but, but here we are. Um, so yeah, I I would just be interested to see if um, anyone, uh, any people in the dance community actually have any feedback on the survey because right. I think that there are some definite holes in it. I think there are some holes in that wheel and some of the videos on there that they chose are not great. And you do have a chance to submit your own content and still respond to the survey. So the um, survey's not closed yet. It's been this, released, but it's still open. Yeah, the, initi the initial findings were there, but this Yes I Dance project is still going on. So um, dancers um, can actually still go and fill it out and submit their work via video, that kind of thing. Um, I, I think it's a worthy project. And actually, there was a really good note that um, dancers in Alberta um, were disproportionately good and successful at filling, at filling out the survey. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought that was like a quality thing. It's oh. just like disproportionately, oh. they're better. No, yeah, I guess it was the wrong word to use is good, but no, they, they, they noticed that there was, for the proportion of professional dancers that exist within a certain space, dancers from Alberta were very good at filling out the survey. Right, so they responded. So they're, <laughs> They they're, responded well, So yes. Alberta, if you're, you know, if you are so mm -hmm. noted as being willing yeah. to be part of this discussion, um, uh, let us know what you think and let mm -hmm. us know what you think of the the survey and the wheel and and how dance is being uh, not only presented but talked about and how it's being uh, you know quantified by the Canadian Council. Yeah. By the Canada Council. Od oddly enough, another thing regionally was that in BC, disproportionately, a, a huge disproportionate number of leisure dancers responded to the survey. So it looks like in BC, there's like almost all leisure dancers, even though we know that's not true. And um, in in Montreal. Uh, also, there was a um, fewer professional uh, dancers that responded than I think they expected. Hopes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. So there's Great. that. Anyway, yeah, we'll link to all that, and we would love to know what you hear about it. Great. Well, mm. speaking of hearing about it, Fonda, maybe it's time to to get into to what's coming up right. uh, as as the dance season starts to um, take shape. We're into 
you know, the great academic September calendar, things are starting. What's um, what's starting off our dance season? Where What are the first couple things we're going to see? So first things first, let's see. We've got Mile Zero Dance is starting a new thing in town. It's called Subarctic Improv and Experimental Arts. It's a, newly mo- a new monthly eclectic performance event curated by Jen Mesh and Alison Balsetis. And that's going to be at the Mile Zero Dance Spacio Performativo space. Yeah. Um, and so the first one is on September 10th, and it will be occurring monthly after that. So it's going to be um, a multidisciplinary collaboration between dancers and musicians, mm-hmm. um, some things with film, audio, video artists. I'm sure. sure lots of cool things will be yeah. happening. Great. Um, great. And then um, uh, also coming up very soon, uh, as part of the Kaleido Festival, which is sort of a community festival in uh, on Alberta Avenue, on 118th Avenue in uh, Edmonton, um, there's just a lot of dance uh, as part of their, their main stage, their outdoor stage. Everything from uh, Toy Guns Dance Theater is doing uh, dance prov, improvised dance in some sort of structure that I believe is 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 competitive or more of a challenge as well as uh, Vinok World Dance uh, City Ballet uh, a bunch of different companies are all involved in that mm-hmm. so a lot of cultural dance going yeah, on yeah. at Kaleido as yeah. well yeah yeah, yeah. So that's always cool. I saw a Hungarian dance group on there. I Whoa. was like, oh, I don't even know what that looks like. Well, That'll now, be fun. <laughs> now we will. Cool. Um, and then also uh, also on the radar, which may not be uh, particularly contemporary dance, but Visualize is happening, which is um, uh, one of the visual arts artist-run centers in town, Latitude 53. It's their performance art festival uh, that they do annually. It is happening September uh, 15th to September 22nd. And they're bringing in uh, a number of uh, number of artists from across Canada to to perform their, their art. So, and while I'm not sure um, their, their full list hasn't been announced yet, um, I'm sure movement will factor in, certainly. Yeah, it's presented by Latitude 53 every year. So you can yeah. check the Latitude 53 site, and I'm sure the full lineup will just astound you. Yeah. Um, coming up after that on September 26th is the Mile Zero season opener, um, also at Spazio's performativo as part of Nuit Blanche. Yes, yes, the all-night uh, art party, which is coming. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's called um, Drive-In slash Dance-In. Um, and from from what I understand, uh, you know, it's it's it will be hours long uh, dance. Uh, it's it's going to be a crazy night all over town. You guys, you know Yoko Ono is coming to town for Nuit Blanche, right? Weird. Um, <laughs> interesting. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, um, coming up after that, actually that same weekend, uh, September 25th and 26th. Right, which is probably the first official dance show in a theater happening this year. Yes, first actual dance sure. seated Soft seat show. Soft seat. Um, is the Prairie Dance Circuit at the Tim Center presented by Brian Webb Dance. It's This year is three solo pieces. Helen Huzak from Calgary, who we've seen at Expanse before. Um, Kate Stashko from Good Women and Ainsley Hilliard from Good Women. Um, and Ainsley will be performing a piece by uh, created by Freya Olafsson, who we saw at Expanse last right, year. Right, who did Hyper, which In is this, Hyper. This, oh, yeah. this incredible thing with 3D glasses. So... Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, on October 2nd and October 3rd, uh, we have Balleluia. Uh, Alberta Ballet is bringing back its its acclaimed uh, Katie Lang uh, Ballet, which is sort of a, 
uh, a pop uh, a pop ballet. I don't know. I forget what the the exact term is, but it's sort of based on the music of Katie Lang, uh, and and the dance is set to that. So I don't. This is kind of not a real question, but did they name it Ballelulia because of the one time she did the Leonard Cohen song I at the Olympics? Only and... presume. Okay. I, can, I mean, you can find a recording of that. Of course, um, yeah. But I'm just saying that's not really her song. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we are. Here we are. Uh, after that. Uh, uh, also presented by, by Brian Webb Dance Company, uh, we have uh, Solitude Solo, uh, which is happening on October 9th and October 10th at the John L. Har Theater, which I've never actually been to. You've never been to the Big Orange Building? No, I've, I've seen it from a distance, oh. but I've, I've never seen a show in there. It's a nice dance stage, and uh, Danielle Levi, I think, um, should be pretty cool. I'm not sure of the last time that he was here. So, What's um, his deal? Give me the give me the, the very short summary. <laughs> Frankly, in all the years that I've been writing about dance, I have not actually written about him yet. Sure, so okay. So, so a, new, a new person coming yeah, to town. It will be new for me, too. Um, also new this year, who I don't think has been here before, is the Paul Taylor Dance Company at the Jubilee, um, presented by Alberta Ballet. That's on November 6th and 7th. And... Um, Paul Taylor uh, is sort of, according to Wikipedia, one of the last living members of the second generation of America's modern dance artist, which means he was in there with the Martha Graham company, that kind of thing. Uh, I heard heard that Martha Graham called him the bad boy of contemporary or of modern dance. Ooh, the bad boy. Or the naughty boy. The The naughty naughty boy. boy. That's right. Um, Different than bad. Yeah. Yeah, Bad boy is more of a contemporary term. (laughs) Sure, sure. But, but, I mean, this, this company has spanned decades. It's been producing work since the 50s or so maybe even before and uh and now so it'll be doing selections from its repertoire yeah that'll be something actually that you know how i always talk about the difference between modern dance and contemporary dance i know how you always talk about that (laughs) that will be that will be actual modern more modern style dance sure sure what's after that uh, after that is the Good Women's annual showcase called Convergence, um, so where they'll be presenting a new piece created um, on the Good Women Company by uh, Mayday Dance's Melanie Demers, um, so, and it also will include Richard Lee in the cast. So um, they've been working on that piece all summer, I believe. I think so. I think they're Montreal. in Montreal, perhaps mm-hmm. right now, yeah. as of recording time of this podcast. Yeah, so I um, that's on November 26th through 28th at Looney Theatre. Um, yeah. Great. And lastly, but not leastly, uh, <laughs> is The Nutcracker. Um, at the Jubilee, Alberta Ballet is presenting, of course, the timeless Christmas time ballet, um, which we were involved with last year in a weird walk on cameo. Yeah, we were in it. <laughs> we got uh, we got fitted for costumes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe now I'll finally get to see Act One, which I've <laughs> never seen. And it's the only part that is sort of what you think of when you think of the Nutcracker. When I saw Act 2, I didn't understand. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, the Act 1 is totally right. the, the, be- the better one. And we were in it, so it was better. Huh. There you go. Great. And and that's sort of the first, that's the rest of 2015, right? Yeah, that's the rest of this year. Um, In, in other dance news for the new season, um, Expanse, the Movement Arts Festival, yeah. is now... Um, Fusing, collaborating, merging with the Canoe Festival. Right, which was sort of the experimental theater festival in town. So it's it's bumping up from Expanse was previously a springtime festival. It's merging with Canoe in, in sort of the, the dead of winter mm-hmm. um, to, to present, I guess, a mix of experimental theater and, and performance uh, dance movement art pieces. Yeah, that happens January 27th through February 7th at 
the fringe arts barns so uh we ATB don't be financial arts oh, barns, yes, if we want to <laughs> if we want to get down to sponsorship names right we as we should um yeah i'm sh- the the lineups will be released later um later in the season i'm sure but we just wanted to share that bit of news because we thought it was exciting buckle up yeah. yeah great all right well um welcome back to this season everyone i hope the heater in your house hasn't turned on yet because mine has uh-oh <laughs> not in my house but we'll we'll figure that all out. We'll figure out heat. We'll figure out dance. It'll all come together. Maybe we'll do some crazy visual art and argue about whether or not it is dance. Yeah, I guess we got to figure <laughs> out that, the difference between performance art and contemporary dance. It goes on. It goes on. Okay, everyone, go watch some dance. Bye. I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Poglino, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. <laughs>